Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, May 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. President Joe Biden said he supports a ceasefire in the Israel-Gaza conflict. Meanwhile, Europe is divided over what to do. For many, many years, they have been at the vanguard of the idea of a two-state solution. But for many European diplomats, that feels probably as far away as it's been for a very long time. We'll talk with our foreign policy correspondents about how the EU and the U.S. are handling this crisis. Also, BlackRock has investments in an Indonesian palm oil company. And that has critics accusing the world's largest asset manager of being inconsistent in its environmental promises. I'm Mark Filipino. Here's the news you need to start your day. The bombing between the Palestinian militant group Hamas and Israel has stretched into a second week. Late on Monday, U.S. President Joe Biden spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and said he supports a ceasefire. This is an important shift in the U.S. approach to the conflict. The FT's U.S. foreign policy correspondent, Katrina Manson, has more details. Well, it's interesting. It was uh, reported uh, from the White House. This is the readout of his call with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And in that, it says the president expressed his support for a ceasefire and discussed U.S. engagement with Egypt and other partners towards that end. So it's really the first time that we've heard in public that Biden supports a ceasefire. This is a word that he has been avoiding, instead talking about de-escalation and calm. So it is significant that we've now heard him uh, calling for a ceasefire in a conversation with his Israeli counterpart. And and that does, I think, count as a ratcheting up of um, very limited US pressure on Israel to to explain that that is his position. Uh, And he's waited quite a long time to to make that call. Yeah. and, And Katrina, not to jump in, but, you know, why did it take so long for Biden to do this? Biden simply doesn't want to be a Middle East foreign policy president. He has other foreign policy priorities, uh, let's say in China, climate, Iran. And beyond that, he has a very heavy agenda on the domestic front. Critics of the US position have said really that it is only the US that has any leverage over Israel. And so it is America's responsibility to use it. And you certainly see in the US outreach that they've gone to the Egyptians, to the Qataris. These are countries that have potentially some sway over Hamas. So the, the sense that this was going to run and run, I think, concerned the U.S., especially as the casualties were mounting up. Katrina Manson is the FT's U.S. foreign policy and defense correspondent. Meanwhile, Europe is struggling to find an approach to the Israel-Gaza conflict. EU foreign ministers will meet today to discuss this. Here's our EU diplomatic correspondent, Michael Peel. The European priority, they say, is to stop the casualties, and particularly the civilian casualties. But there are all kinds of other tensions here. There is the fact that there have been uh, some anti-Semitic protests in Europe, which governments have condemned, and um, this forms a, a backdrop to, to this. And of course, in Germany in particular, that's particularly potent with the, the guilt from the Holocaust and the attempts to atone ever since. And that, that has, of course, influenced the, the German 
German government's reaction to this. So it's very complicated for the Europeans and also because for many, many years they have been at the vanguard of the idea of a two-state solution. But for many European diplomats, that feels probably as far away as it's been for a very long time. And I think that um, most people are pretty in, in Europe are pretty realistic that um, it's going to be uh, a long way before there can be any progress towards that. Well, you know, Michael, the the EU is a mixed bag on this. Some countries support Israel more than others. Uh, why are certain countries backing Israel as categorically as they are? There's a, a vocal group which is very much pro the Netanyahu government, and this is leaders who Netanyahu sometimes formed direct personal relationships with right-wing leaders such as uh, Viktor Orban in Hungary or Sebastian Kurz in, in Austria. And so, you know, in the EU is a 27-member group. Its foreign policy positions are decided by unanimity, um, and this all magnifies what is already a very complex and difficult um, conflict for Europe to navigate. Michael Peel is the FT's EU diplomatic correspondent. A British biotech startup will test investors' appetite for cannabis-inspired products with a float on the London stock market later this week. The company is called Oxford Cannabinoid Technologies. It's developing medicines that mimic the pain-killing effects of cannabis. It started four years ago as a medical marijuana research program at Oxford University, funded by Venture Capital. Its valuation after the listing is expected to be £51.5 million. The company's co-founder said he decided to go ahead with the IPO after a UK regulator said medical marijuana companies were welcome to list in London. Two other companies in the sector also accepted the invite and floated in February. Many corporations have made ambitious commitments to being environmentally and socially responsible. Among them is the world's biggest asset manager, BlackRock. Last autumn, BlackRock joined an investor rebellion against consumer products company Procter & Gamble. P&G was under fire for sourcing palm oil from an Indonesian company accused of seizing land from local farmers. But it turns out, BlackRock is an investor in that same palm oil company, a subsidiary of the Indonesian conglomerate Astra International. The FT's Primrose Reardon is covering this, and I asked her what activists want BlackRock to do. I don't think even the activists are necessarily saying sell the investment. So a lot of them are sort of saying that they want more public pressure on Astra around some of those issues, but they're sort of saying that some of that public pressure is only really meaningful if there is some sort of threat to sell or, and they want BlackRock to set out certain criteria for that. But at the same time, it's quite difficult because their investment is a passive investment, mostly mutual funds and that sort of thing. So it's not easy to sell. So it's sort of another complication for an asset manager like BlackRock when they've got this question. And at the same time, they're obviously building their credentials as a more ESG-minded manager. Now, Primrose, BlackRock has previously said the right thing to do is, you know, encourage company directors behind the scenes and that it's better to stay invested rather than disengage and and have really no influence at all. Um, Do you think that they have a point there? There's obviously an ongoing debate about whether or not 
big asset managers who are ESG minded, that it's better for them to be holders of some of these companies than other investors who have no interest in ESG values or those sorts of things. So, you know, there is obviously an open debate there. I think the case sort of case also just highlights how complicated it is to be a consistent and a really meaningful ESG investor as well when you've got, especially when you're so big, it just shows you how complicated this case is. Before we go, a warning for those who want to trade cryptocurrency, U.S. regulators say there's a huge jump in crypto fraud. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission said consumers had lost more than $80 million to crypto scams since last October. Schemes include the offer of quote-unquote secrets in online message boards that lead people to fake investment websites. Another scam involves a promise that a celebrity associated with cryptocurrency will multiply any amount you send to their wallet. More than $2 million was stolen by fraudsters posing as the most famous crypto celebrity of them all, Elon Musk. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.